Amen. Thank you, Nathan. What a prophetic song that is, yeah. especially for our times today. Man, that is just has such powerful words. Uh, the darkest night, you can light it up. God of revival, let hope arise. Death is overcome. You've already won the victory because there's no prison wall you can't break through. There's no mountain you can't move. All things are possible. You know, I believe that God is calling his church to awaken to faith. And I believe in these days ahead, uh, God is going to call us to a deeper faith. And so today I want, want to talk about uh, the idea about having uh, faith and journeying from uh, doubt to faith. And I think uh, all of us have been on a journey uh, in these last weeks and months, and God is wanting us to have a, uh, a greater sense of his uh, control and his work in our lives and to place our faith in him. And it's a journey that we go through. Uh, I remember when I was 18 and uh, experienced a dramatic personal conversion to Jesus Christ. I mean, my life was totally changed. I was born again. And about six months later, I began to question everything that had happened to me the previous six months because people started to ask me questions and I started to get kind of mixed up in what I believed. And I wasn't sure about if the Bible was really accurate, if, it, if what it says was really true. And I began to question my faith. And that really drove me more my doubts drove me to research and to think about what I really believed. And I, I think God allowed that time in my life to solidify my faith even more, cause me to grow more. That's not the only time in my life where I've had a crisis of faith. And you may be going through a crisis of faith, or maybe you know somebody that is going through a crisis of faith. They're kind of uh, like we read that verse in uh, James, we're like the wave of the sea tossed back and forth. And uh, one day we're doing well, and the next day we're not doing well. But I believe that we're living in times when our faith is being tested. And our faith is being refined. And God is calling us to a deeper faith that is really built upon his promises and his presence and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And so God calls us into that, and it's how we respond. How do we respond to that? And today I want to talk about journeying, journeying from doubt to faith and living into the reality of the resurrection. And there's no other place that you can find these kind of truths other than in the ends of the Gospels when you see Jesus' post-resurrection appearances to his disciples. And one of the, the ones that I love, one of the most, my most favorite ones is when Jesus appears to Thomas. Now, we kind of label Thomas as uh, Doubting Thomas, and uh, he gets that label because he, did, he really did doubt that Jesus was resurrected from the, from the dead. But uh, also, we, we kind of label him that, but Thomas had tremendous faith as well. I think he was kind of born with an analytical, logical mind. Um, I think that he always questioned things, what Jesus was doing, and sometimes he uh, just gave up and, and just said, okay, uh, I'm going back to Jerusalem. We might as well go back and die with him. When Jesus wanted to go back and raise Lazarus from the dead, Thomas 
thought, Jesus, you shouldn't go back there because they, they want to kill you. And then uh, Thomas said, finally agreed and said, okay, let's go and we'll all die together. So Thomas had this kind of cynical, skeptical view. He always saw the cup half empty rather than half full. And uh, if you're built like that, if that's the way God created you, um, it doesn't mean that you can't have tremendous faith because I believe God brought Thomas from doubt to solid faith and he became uh, a wonderful disciple of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at Thomas's life, we look at uh, John chapter 20, and in it, we know that Thomas probably in his crisis ended up leaving the other disciples and going off alone. I don't know what you do when you come through a real difficult time. Sometimes people like to be around other people and uh, kind of uh, uh, talk, talk through the crisis, talk through the things that they're going through, the problems. Other people pull inward and they become very quiet and silent and kind of withdraw. I'm kind of a combination of both of those things. Sometimes it all depends on the crisis I'm going through. But if you're kind of like Thomas was, he kind of withdrew. And he wasn't with the disciples when Jesus first came into the room. Remember, uh, at, the, at the night of the resurrection, the doors were locked, and uh, Jesus walked in and uh, met with the disciples after his resurrection. Well, this is one week later on the next Sunday. And they're meeting together, and, um, and Thomas uh, heard about what had happened through the other disciples. They all showed him. Uh, they said, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas said, uh, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the, uh, the nails were, put my hand into his side, I won't believe. I'm just not going to believe it until I see it. And so Thomas had this skeptical attitude. and. Um, Jesus, what I love about this is that Jesus understood where Thomas was at. And he understands where we're at in our crisis. When we're doubting, when we're in a season of doubt or fear or anxiety, he understands exactly what we're going through. And Jesus does not leave Thomas in that state. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. I love that Jesus always comes in and says, peace be with you. And I think in these times, and I've heard from many of you, that you are experiencing a greater peace than you ever have before as you go to the Lord in prayer. And we've seen God answer uh, prayers. We've seen people um, being healed and uh, uh, God answering prayer and being with them in many different ways. Uh, during our prayer meetings on Wednesday night, uh, we've just been following up what's been happening after we've prayed for people or prayed for situation. And God has been really coming through and answering so many different prayers. And this is a time when we need to call out to him. Uh, but at this time, Jesus enters the room and he says, peace be with you. And then he says to Thomas, he confronts him, he says, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And when I think about Jesus confronting Thomas, 
he didn't say, well, you know, if you want to believe, you can believe. If you don't want to believe, it's okay. No, he really commanded him. He said, stop it. It's time to stop and start to believe. And so uh, there's times in our life when God actually has a rebuke for us. And he rebukes us and he corrects us so that we can have a deeper faith in him. And he's done this to me many times uh, when I've been just looking at myself or doubting. And uh, a lot of times the Lord says, stop doubting and believe that I love you. Uh, I love you. I not only love you, I love those that you're praying for. I love your neighbors. I love the people in this world that are suffering. He says, stop doubting, believe that I will provide for you, that I hold the future. He says, stop doubting and believe. You know, that even though we're in a pandemic, stop doubting and believe that I'm still in control. And there's times when we need to speak to our own soul and take what the words of Jesus and speak to our soul and say, stop doubting, Al, believe. Stop doubting. Trust me. There's uh, times when God does that work in our lives. You know how with Thomas, you know the response, the, the wonderful response that Thomas has. And Thomas just said, my Lord and my God. Thomas was awakened to the reality of Jesus' resurrection. And now you can say, well, you know, that's you know, Al, you know, of course he was. I mean, Jesus appeared to him and said, put your hands in, put your finger in the holes in my hand or put your hand in my side. Of course he would believe. But Jesus doesn't leave Thomas in this situation for us to say, we have to see to believe. And in fact, Jesus commends us who cannot see him yet believe in him. Look at what he says. He says right after this, because you've seen me, you've believed, Thomas, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so the Lord has a wonderful blessing for us who have not been able to see him alive, but yet still believe. And so God wants us to cross into from doubt into faith. He wants us to take that step, and it may have to do with a reasoning. It may have to go from our head to our heart, and then out of our mouth. It may, may be a prayer that we need to pray. It may be that we need to place our faith in him in a deeper way than we ever have before, but we have to stop doubting and begin to believe. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doubts, but if you live in your doubts, if you just live with doubt, you'll be like a wave tossed to and fro. You won't have stability. You won't sense the Lord's peace. But the Holy Spirit can bring you from doubt to true faith that will keep you and hold you and uh, help you to have to experience the blessing that Jesus talked about when he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. There was a church in uh, the New Testament called Laodicea, which was a group of people that had become indifferent to the things of God. This was uh, years after uh, Thomas, uh, you know, Jesus had appeared to Thomas. It was a church in Laodicea in the first century, 
And this is what Jesus said to that church. He says, because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Because they were neither cold nor hot, they had neither uh, a great faith or they, uh, they were struggling in their faith. They were living in doubt and indifference. And so what Jesus did was he rebuked them. And he said, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And so Jesus was saying this, look, at, I want to come in to your life in a way that you have maybe never experienced before. So these people were believers. They had said, I believe, but they had drifted away from God. And so God was calling them back. And he was still saying, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking open up the door of your heart and allow me to come in. So I want to encourage you to do that in these days ahead because I believe that God is calling his church, just like we sang that song, Awaken. He's awakening his church and his people to a deeper faith and a deeper reality that they can trust him and experience his peace even in the midst of these difficult times. Uh, C.S. Lewis I love C.S. Lewis. I love uh, reading things about C.S. Lewis. He's one of the greatest philosophers and thinkers of our time. And uh, he said this about um, the, the question of growing from doubt, journeying from doubt into faith. The real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually recognize it. It's the very moment you wake up each morning all your wishes, responsibilities, anxieties, and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. Has that ever happened to you? You wake up and it just, everything's coming at your mind. And this is what C.S. Lewis said. He said, the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, push them back in the closet or something, you know, and listen to that other voice taking the other point of view, letting the larger, stronger, quieter life of Jesus come flowing in. And he goes on to say, we can do this for a moment at first. And sometimes we have to do this more than once during the day. Oftentimes we do, but a new kind of life will be spreading through us. He means for us to experience this. He means for us to go all in to be changed and transformed by him. That's why Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open up, I'll come in and do that transformation in you. So God wants to do this work in us. He wants to take us from being blown around by our doubts to becoming, uh, sensing his peace and his presence in the midst of trials and difficulties. C.S. Lewis goes on to talk about moving from doubt to faith and he personalizes it, or he uses an illustration with an egg. Uh, and he takes this egg and he says, you know, uh, the, the egg has a potential. And I don't know how you guys have been doing with um, cooking, but every morning it, I, I love to make breakfast and I take my eggs. I either scramble them, boil them, make an omelet, fry them. Lori knows I, I love <laughs> yes. that's my favorite. That's my favorite meal. But Lewis takes the idea of an egg and the process that we don't realize the potential of an egg when it's fertilized and 
an incubation goes through incubation, it can be transformed into a bird. And the hard shell is broken and out comes this life, this bird, this baby bird. And it's a lot of what happens in our life. You know, when we go through this process of moving from doubt to faith, our faith begins to grow. And I love this picture of these little e eaglets. You know, they're these baby eagles. You don't see the potential. Those eggs look like this kind that I make every morning, but they don't have the potential to fly yet, right? I mean, if I threw it out the window, it's not going anywhere. But if that egg takes the time and goes through the process of growth and breaks through that shell, and a lot of times we have to break through the shell of doubt and fear and anxiety, and we have new life in us, we begin to grow and eventually, the Bible says that we can take wings and have wings like eagles and learn, really learn how to soar and fly in faith. And God is calling his church to that. Um, there's a verse in scripture, one of my favorite in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. It says this, why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by God. Uh, you know, there's times in our lives when, especially when we're going through a crisis like this, we may think that God, wh where is God? What is he doing? But God is still in control. He's still working. He's still moving. And he says to us, when we come to him, when we wait upon him, when we place our hope in him, he'll give us new strength. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall but those who hope in the lord will renew their strength they'll soar with wings like eagles they'll run and they'll not grow weary they'll walk and not faint he's talking about something transforming that happens in us as we wait upon the lord and we make that connection with him and he begins to transform his life in us that resurrected power coming in us and living through our lives and bringing us the peace that he wanted us to understand and experience and the love that he wants us to have to then go and share that love with other people. Well, whatever happened to Thomas? History says that Thomas went further than any other disciple. He crossed oceans. They say from Jerusalem to India is over 2,500 miles. And Thomas started a church in southern uh, India, and he was the first one. He crossed culture. He crossed, I mean, his faith was so strong that he was able to be used by God to go into another country in another language and communicate the gospel to others. So the Lord is able to transform Thomas. He's able to transform you and I. He's no respecter of person. You know, our world is changing. There's areas in our life that, you know, are never going to be the same. They may never be the same. But that doesn't mean that our God is not the same. He's not just as powerful as he was back then. And he is just as powerful today. And he wants us to place our faith in him. So I want to encourage you, each morning when you wake up, Push back the wild animals. 
of anxiety, doubt, fear, indifference, and ask the Lord to speak to you. Open up his word, get into his promises. Let him say something to you that you can hold on to and that you can respond like Thomas did. My Lord and my God, I'm trusting you. You are my Lord. You're my God. I'm going to place my future, my life, my family, my friends. I'm going to place that all in your hands because you are God. And you're able to do abundantly more than I could ever ask or even think. So I'm trusting you, Lord. You know, so I want to encourage you these days to press in and go from that journey of doubt. And it's okay to have doubts as long as you just don't stay there in those doubts. Move past them. Take steps of faith. They may be small steps of faith, but begin to step in faith and break through and experience that new transforming life in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time that you've given us today to just look into your word and look at Thomas's life and the transformation you made in him. Lord, would you do that work in us? Lord, would you use us then to be a catalyst for others' faith and, Lord, to encourage each other as we walk with you? Lord, we thank you for how you've been answering prayer in so many different ways. And we pray, Lord, that you would comfort those that are in grief or fear or anxiety, that you'd lead them and comfort them, watch over them. Thank you for the answers prayer that we've, we've experienced, how you've answered and how you've worked. We ask that, Lord, that you would cause us to just want to be in your presence even more, to be used by you. We pray especially for our essential workers, even among our congregation, Lord, that you'd give them new strength, that you'd give them renewed strength, that, Lord, you would bring them into a place of, of just your peace and your presence so that they can do the things that you've called them to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.